Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. Good morning, here we are again and Melanie. And what is it about Michael. this vampire thing that you got going Well, look on? at me. I've got red eyes, and it's not from hay fever. It's from this horrible flu, which just doesn't want a rebound flu. It's not an echo virus. It's a something that they're calling it the 10-week flu, and I should have had a flu shot. And I generally, you know, I do-do have them because my children would say, you just said do-do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I generally have them because they, they kind of work, but I don't know why it kept, went off my radar. This, And I thought, wow, I've been well for such a long time. I'm fine. I'm boosting my immune system with all good stuff. And my immune system turned around and let me down a little bit. So now I'm sitting with this this ongoing, now it's five and a half weeks, well, and of feeling not 100%. But look at my eyes. If, I, it's ten, if it's 10 weeks old, then you're over the hump. <laughs> Think about it. I'm over the hump. All Maybe right. It's well, anyway. There's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's, it's, it's lovely being here again. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody's out there enjoying their gardens as much as I've been enjoying mine. Doing some wonderful landscapes out there, uh, working with difficult people. But you know what? I'm outside um, planting stuff. So, you know, you can always overlook because we gardeners stay happy and we stay positive all the time. Yes. And as they say, I mean, it was Toad who said there's not so much fun as mucking about in boats. And trust me, I think it's a mucking about in gardens because at least all, all of us can have a garden. Not all of us can have a boat. But one person whose gardens uh, over the years I have enjoyed running around in not mucking about and she might like slap me over the head if I say oh I was doing this in your garden is Shirley Wallington thanks for coming in to join us Hi, Shirley. pleasure pleasure Mark Melanie great to be here Okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if anybody doesn't know who you are, they've been living under a rock for the last, <laughs> we won't say how many years, because as you said, we're <laughs> no, not no, going no, to date No, 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 we don't ourselves. want to date. <laughs> so, where did it all start for you, Shirley? Oh, gosh, I think it's sort of, it, you know, I think you inherit the love of gardening through family. I mean, my mother and my grandmothers, both of them, even my father were very keen gardeners. Mm. Well, I mean, and I just loved getting, you know, when you, well, I think when you have your own home, is when you kind of think, okay, I'll try it. Mm. And obviously I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning. And uh, then I was invited to enter our my garden in Houghton into a garden competition, and it won first prize. I was blown away. Then I entered the next year and the next year, until I was asked to please stop entering. <laughs> <laughs> please stop entering our competition. No, because Become a judge. Have somebody else given a chance. Yes. Well, then I became a judge, and then I just basically fell in love and started helping friends in their gardens, and eventually I thought, well, I should be charging for this. And so it goes and so I did it but I think the thing I love the most is designing gardens. But did you have any formal background? No, I did John Brooks I, I trained uh, under John Brooks Okay for those who don't know Michael tell them about John Brooks Mm. Well, yeah, John Brooks. I, I, I remember, and I wasn't part of it. It was before I became a lecturer at the college. Is uh, John Brooks came out and did a master class mm. with some of our lecturers and left them, some of them in tears, <laughs> uh, because I believe he can be quite a he's hard taskmaster with his with his master classes. But he is one of the doyens of design and mm. gardening, mm. I guess, from the UK. Mm. And uh, yeah, if you haven't got a John Brooks book on your shelf, then you haven't lived no, yet. No, you've you got know. to have all the yeah. John B yeah. Brooks books. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I pretty much do have them. They're weighing down I, my shelves. I think shelves. he's brilliant with design, and he taught me an, an immense amount. His plants, though, and I think that's where I think us gardeners should learn, is that you can design a garden, but the plants varieties, you better know your plants wherever you're designing that garden or work on something else. And that's what John was very cautious about. He didn't... He'd drive around and think tipianas were beautiful because they were all in flower. Mm. So he didn't know our plants, and we wouldn't know their plants. So that's where he kind of think. But from a design point of view, 
he had very easy principles to follow, and I really enjoyed that. Mm. And his color, mm. that book of color that he did on, uh, I can't remember mm. the actual name of it, but what an incredible book. That's like my Bible. But I, I know you also work so much with color. And, um, I love color. I was fortunate, um, was it the end of last year or the beginning of this beginning year? Beginning of this year. That uh, went down to do, uh, garden go and shoot. I virtually finished. <laughs> you just finished this garden down uh, on the Parkview Golf Course, and we shot it for Gardening 101. And I walked in and I thought, okay, it's, it's a Parkhurst property, but they had paid for a little bit of extra yes. land around it. And I thought, it's a new garden. What are we going to do? But I went and had a look, and I was amazed <laughs> at how this garden looked like it had actually been there for a lot longer than how many weeks had it been ready for? Well, we only finished it in December, and you were there in, in January, January, February. Yeah. yeah. But I think also it, it's um, a kind of a garden that I was allowed to do a few things to. So mm. it, although it was a very stylized contemporary home, which the garden was quite contemporary in the middle, I had freelance to go down to the river on those terraces, so it went a wild English garden. And you look down on it, which is quite different to yes. standing next to it. So it's a, you're able to, to appreciate it by looking so down the terraces. And then the roof garden, which was the veggie garden, was also a highlight. I really it's quite beautiful. fun doing that on the, on the roof. It's really come a long way, and you should go and have a look at it now, several months later. It's unbelievable. Wait for, for After the spring, rains. yes, when the roses all come through, because it is such a beautiful... Mm. I'm not a great one on lots of annuals. I kind of fill them in when we first start, but I do love perennials. So mm. I've put a lot of interesting perennials in the garden, which are all now just sort of showing through, which is great fun. I love perennials. But from the design point of view, I mean, Michael, you, you, Michael was um, given a great accolade by Dermot Gavin. Oh, I love him too. Yeah, I love he's a honey, isn't he? Is. But he came when he was out here, and it was when the year that Michael was actually doing a show garden for lifestyle. Two thousand and eight. And Dermot came out and said, "Whoever did this." And eventually he did chat to you about it. He said he thinks it's one of some of the most amazing design he's ever seen in his oh, life. Brilliant. Saying that about Michael. So, I mean, we do, we have great talent yeah. in our country. I was invited to the dinner at the Auckland Park um, dinner they had for him. And when I arrived, they told me where to go and sit. And I was sitting right next to him. I was a guest of honor at the table with him, which I was so chuffed. Oh, I loved him. He's one of my heroes. He's a superstar. <gasps> me too. I also have every book oh, of he's his. He's a rock star. But, but it's, uh, I love what you say, Shirley, about the... Uh, the spirit in a, con a contemporary garden because you don't always find it mm. um and and you know people have this there's a stigma surrounding formal gardens where people say oh they're sterile and everything and it's lovely to hear you say no no you can mm. introduce the wild you can introduce mm, the spirit absolutely. and i gave a talk not so long sure. ago uh, melanie was there i gave a talk to the garden the lifestyle garden yeah. club about introducing spirit introducing age uh, gardens that are squeaky clean mm. and mm. and lack mm. that spirituality and it's quite amazing to hear you say that because it's something I subscribe to so much in terms of saying to people, you know, don't wash the moss off, leave it. Mm, <laughs> you know, it's mm. got life, it's got age, mm, it's got spirit, mm. it's got history. It's lovely to character. hear that you, it's got character, it's got character mm. that, that you've got that, that mentality about gardening and, and making sure the garden But I think age. one of the yeah. big things, Mike, one has to do when you do that is you have to sell that to your client. Yeah. And for them to continue, because, I mean, you walk away after in, in implementing it, and then you go away, you come back a year later, and your heart can break sometimes. Mm. Because it does, they yeah. haven't yeah. haven't seen it through. But if they have, oh, what a pleasure, what a pleasure. I, I've just come from one now that I did two years ago in Parkhurst, and mm. I hadn't seen it for quite a while. And I was just so thrilled that she had kept it up. And my, it wasn't a big garden, but again, it was in the formal style, but an informal planting. Yes, perfect. And which I love because it, 
you know, if you go to, f- some people find that the strictness of formality gets boring. Mm. So you've got to have texture. You've got to play with your color. And I think also we're going through a phase in gardening with more color. I think it lifts the soul. Mm. I think we go through phases. You know, there was the blue, white, and pink phase. And then we went through. Uh, and I also look at the characters of people. Because if I try to introduce my feeling of color, I look at them and there might be a red head or might be a this and this. And they rather have orange than pink. Yeah. So you've got to be aware of that sort of thing. And then you offer those sort of combinations and you can you can have such fun with complementing color even just a spot of it in a formal garden is is part of it mm. have i think that's where i think that's very much where we're going at the moment mm. in terms of mm. you know we're busy now planning and redesigning or designing mm. for our new show gardens finished mm. already mm. can you believe it we're there again and mm. one of the things that has come up is color the other thing is movement um you know Introducing and the grasses are big at the moment as well. Mm, and people been big introducing for a while. the movement, yeah, yeah. and um, those lovely swaying mm. kind of. Mm. So introducing the movement, and I love also what you said about about the formal garden introducing not just the informality mm. and the colour, but introducing also the seasonal change, mm. which gives the garden life and spirit and sort of heralds in new things all the time, isn't it? And you would to yeah. take your your client along with you through that whole process mm. because if you don't. They don't understand it. So you've got mm. to guide them and say, okay, this is going to happen now, and this is what happened between now and then. And it's like going through this meander, that the choice of time they've done it is not a good choice of time to do mm. this meander. But it's a good time for them to kind of see, everybody's moaning, my garden doesn't look right at the moment, there's something wrong, and I get phone calls, mm. oh no, my seasonal stuff. And something's just starting to wake up now, they're just, the primulas are just starting to go, mm. you know, come in and be in full, and the pansies and other things. And People get impatient because as soon as they see a bit of weather change, the, the garden gets attacked. But honestly, the next month is divine because you start with the wisterias, the blossoms are coming. The wisterias are looking are immensely amazing. I yes. just get wisteria hysteria. I drive around yeah. and I like almost crash my car, craning my neck I out know. the window. And then you've got the, you've got the jasmine was first, then oh. you've got the wisteria, and then you've got all the irises coming now and the uh, poppies are mm. sort of... Fully, and I've got a lot of opium poppies in different colours, which I'm mad about too. So it's just, it's a fun time because you're aware of colour, mm. because you've come through a dry season, brown season, and so mm. you start to see the new, the new green on the trees. I love that early green. It's just, I wish it would last fresh, longer. Yeah. Mm, that fresh yeah. green. It's a renewal. Now, yeah, before we yeah. get talking about the meander, which you've already alluded mm. to, I was just wondering, from your point of view, have you found that when you're installing gardens now, designing for people, that you are really, with all of the water restrictions in place, having to change the way that you would have him, uh, done gardens beforehand? Um, yes, I think I don't change from a design point of view, but I do look carefully at plants, and I also have learned over time what plants, I mean, even down to Ludwig's roses. Mm. If you take yourself down to your childhood on a farm, I grew up on farms, and all our grandparents had rose bushes on an old farm in the middle of the Karoo or in mm. the, you know, up in the Kalahari. The rose is strictly a drought plant, <laughs> and people don't believe it. People say, I don't put roses, it's too much hard work, I don't want roses. But they can cope mm. with once a week a bucket of water or twice a week a deep bucket of water. They are truly hardy. But then I look at the raphaelepsis at the moment. I mean, those things just don't get watered, and they're all in incredible flower mm. right now. So there are a lot of plants. Yes, I have done dry gardens, and I've tried to prove a point that I can still have a lot of color in a dry garden. So you have to do your research. You have to look at the plants that can cope with it. 
And it's quite a lot of fun to actually do a dry garden and still produce something people don't believe it's a hardy plant. So you're not going to use a hydrangea, obviously, mm. but you're going to come through with other plants. Scabiosa can cope. Wonderful. You know, there are lots of yeah. you know, there are lots of plants that can cope, and they go mad if they just get tune the water down. So, yes, you, I suppose we have to be. And look, we are going. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That's for sure. Do you, do you design and implement mainly in Johannesburg, or do all you, over the all over the country? Mm. So, I mean, if in Cape Town, of course, you're going to have to change everything completely in the way. I mean, I don't even know. I how hope I don't get a call from there for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm, how can you even implement? Well, a garden they won't at the moment? do it because yeah. I know that they they're so conscious of water, so nobody's doing anything. I mean, mm. I've just worked on two of them and we're just sitting quiet at the moment but I'm doing one in Bloemfontein at the moment which is also quite hard because it's harsh climate you've mm. got a very cold winter and a very hot summer so it's very harsh to do you know something there I'm also in Brackpan which is quite sort of windy and blowy and actually very cold mm. so it's it's an interesting place I'm in Bedford View where the soil is horrible it's just stones it's rocks because it's against the mountain and so you, every time you dig a hole to put a plant in, you take half of the earth out. You know, you're bringing more rock out than you're putting in soil. It's quite a challenge. I've done along the coast. I've done along Mossel Bay and Bokom Spy. And that's where I go back to what I say to you. The design is fine, but when it comes to plants, I always tell clients that live in that area to drive around, walk around, go and look at the plants that are successful, take a picture, mm. send it to me, because that's how I... Evaluate putting. I've done them on the right on the coast, on the dunes and platen places. And if you look at a rus, it grows tiny. You know the 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 olive trees, little ones. They grow really tiny because there are certain olives that cope with the wind. It's, and it's the wind factor. Mm. So it's by looking at, and it also layers itself off the coast as you go in a little bit to a kilometer. It starts to change again. So I go to those nurseries. I go to the other gardens and have a look before I talk plants mm. in a garden. So the design, I'm not a worried about. It's always the plants because it's very different to the Joburg climate. Yes, and you've got to know, you're going to really have your plant yeah. books together. That's where John Brooks was cautious about his plant choices. He would say, you know, you could use this plant, that plant. He loved his flaxes and things, which I hope he's forgotten about by now. But the English love flaxes. I don't know why. <laughs> well, the South Africans, I think, do too on some occasions. Anyway, we're going to be back uh, finding out more about Shirley Wallington, of course, and about the Open Gardens Meander, which is happening next weekend after the break. So don't go anywhere. And if you've just joined us, this is Grounded here on 1485 AM Radio today. Coming to across the country on DSTV Audio Channel 869. Of course, streaming live, where you can also go and find the podcast. <laughs> Michael loves he it. He say. just laughs about it every single time. And we always, well, I just we're always it. avid, having a look and seeing how many plays we've had on our podcast, how many downloads, and where we are sitting at the number... Yeah. 38 on the ca hobbies category in podcasts. Well. Podcasts are something that's you know, becoming more... I love them. I, I love them, and I love I love the feeling that I'm being downloaded by somebody out there. You know, I love being downloaded. Michael, so come here. Let me download, download on you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice to be downloaded, and 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 as I always say, surely you are even downloadable today. So there you go. We're all <laughs> yeah, downloadable. We're all downloadable. You know, this is the new era of stuff. Um, okay, one of the the things that uh, we, you can always remember, of course, is that anything that we're talking about here today, you can generally find in garden centres. I know that there are oh, some yes, fantastic absolutely. specials happening this week at mm. uh, 
the garden shop. I, I see them as I walk past, but no, my brain is not working so lekker today. So I can't remember exactly. There's five of these for 150 rand, and three of those for 100 and something or the other. But they have they, they didn't That's have the, the brochure. It's the place to shop. There, yeah. there are lots of good stuff out there. They've there are lots of good stuff. They've got oh, lots of good stuff. What yeah, kind of English is that? Oh, the Austrians. Oh, they are beautiful. Yes. I mean, the Austrians are just looking amazing at and the yeah. moment. I and see the Gazanias are coming. The Clivias are still looking really nice. There's a Clivia show on this weekend with a white Clivia, I believe. Yes, and that's at a garden shop over in Flora Farm. I'm not sure. Yeah, where. I know there's fun. a couple of places. Garden World yeah. also has it. Garden I World. got my pink from them three years ago, and my pink has now got a double head, and it's huge and it's beautiful. A lady grew a wow. green clivia mm. three I years ago. She sold it for twenty-five. I saw that. Scary. I saw that, and there's Very a guy scary. overseas who collects them. <laughs> I think go and start propagating clivias. Go and talk to them and get them going. Sheesh, I tell you the what, purple one. A purple clavier. Should we? Ooh. The Japs apparently are amazing with gl- growing amazing yeah, claviers. But the, the prices, are, I, I can't remember when I was talking about it, the prices that have been um, sp- like raised. The, well, in, yeah, in basic yellow plants. one. I mean, you're not going to get under about 120. I think it took it 10 or 15 years to grow that. Mm. So, you know, 25 yeah. grand over that period of time is not worth mm, it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if you start propagating them. I don't know. You know, it's like the yellow clavier. It took a long time before they actually got that yellow yeah, clavier to produce. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, the clavier is quite amazing in terms of, I remember going to my first clavier show a few years ago, and I was with my late mom, and I looked at this and I said, mom, would you like a clavier? She said, yeah, which one would you like? <laughs> you know, all sort of unsuspecting. And uh, I said, what about this one? And the guy started counting the little things, and he said, well, 8,000 rand. Oh. I said, well, okay, we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> 8,000 rand. 8, rand. I, I think my funniest area. bit about clavier is that we only have two clavier's. Yeah. We only have a miniata and a nobilis. Yes, so when yeah. somebody told me they belong to the Clivier Club, what I do said, you "What do you talk about?" about? <laughs> <laughs> I've got nobilis in my garden. I mean, that's yeah, so far. I've got lots of them. Yeah. yeah, and I and I said at the farm I had plenty, and I said, "What do they talk about?" Hmm. Until I started, somebody then Leone from Petal Fair sent me these pictures of like three hundred different varieties of clivia. Yeah. That's what they talk about. Now talking about the farm, of course. I mean, um, I think uh, one of the first stories I did for Garden and Home was um, with pictures that Connell Westerbrook had taken the of farm. the farm. This huge space. Did you ever see it, Michael? Of this formal garden in the middle of roses, the bush. In the middle of the bush. No. <laughs> How many hectares did you have there? It was 100 hectares, but I was able to, I had no boundaries. And obviously it was a farm farm. I wasn't allowed to garden the thing. But I probably finished up with a six acre or more. I think Barry said it was about eight acres of garden in the end. And I just made this huge formal garden with anything. I'm, I'm, I'm a very natural gardener. I do not poison or put anything toxic down. I don't spray. So I'm very organic, and I don't like to use the word organic, so I call it natural. Natural garden. Thank you. Another person who agrees with me. Yay. I don't use the word. Anyway, um, the I just didn't have boundaries, so I kept expanding, you know, doing into the orchard and then doing that. And then I did a little factory, and I did my own preserves, all from produce from the farm, out mm. of the fruit trees, because we were able to grow lychees, mangoes, lots of avas, because it was subtropical, so I was spoilt. But when you say sport, talking again about plants, I couldn't grow hydrangeas easily or a fuchsia, for example. Mm. But gradually with the right soil and the right treatment, and you gr- I could gradually, with a lot of perseverance, get there. But it wouldn't be the same as I could grow back in Joburg. So that's, again, plants in areas are mm. very important where you put them. Oh, do you still have the farm? No, we sold it six years ago. Mm. I and miss, the garden, I, miss, I don't want to know. Oh, okay, really, we don't, don't, talk know. About, don't talk about that. No, either. because I think when you when you go, you don't, must never look back. Yeah. You, 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 somebody else puts their stamp on. 
We don't own anything. Mm. We, we're always just caretakers. Always caretakers. And I think I, had, I, I achieved what I always wanted out of my life, was to have in a garden that I could just do what I wanted to do, mm. and I did for myself. What more do you want? I mean, I, I was able to do it, and I did it. Yeah. Fantastic. I think we all feel like that. Yeah, we do, and and that's why. I mean, if you if you think about us as garden, we were talking not so long ago about, um, you know, I always say to my students, they said to me, you know, what about this weekend thing and this holiday thing? And I said, what is this holiday thing of which you speak? Because we as gardeners and landscapers don't have it. Time just morphs into to another week. Into another week. So, but but one of the things I'm, I'm particularly interested in is is this whole open gardens meander, that's that's going to be on the go. What's what's happening it's, with this? It's, it's, it's next weekend, and um, I think it's quite different because the timing is uh, neither. It's not yet it's the Full roses spring. aren't up. Yes. So I liken it to going to the Chelsea Flower Show. The Chelsea Flower Show, you see a lot of flowers and a lot mm. of things, but you don't see roses. So if you go into all those wonderful uh, gardens and you want to do a tour to Sissinghurst or anywhere else over and above Chelsea you won't find roses, mm -hmm. but you will find lots of other flowers. So I think this meander is going to be a similar experience. It'll be, you will see all the the leftover of your cinereras flowering and you'll find um, the primula conicas or you'll find uh, all the spring stuff coming through that everybody's put in and everybody's panicking because the weather is warmed up so quickly that things are going out so quickly. And we've had no but rain. But have you ever known a gardener not to panic? No, okay. <laughs> well, we're not talking. Obviously, we're not talking about the open gardens, which um, are coming up in October, September, later September, yes. October. This is the one put together by the Johannesburg Garden, Garden Club. Club. Are you involved with them? Yes, very involved. I've been with them for over forty years. Mm -hmm. uh, gone right back through the various. I think it's probably more than forty years. Well, it's because of them. Now. It's because of them that I entered the first mile garden in Hart, and they yes. had a garden club meeting in there, and the chair lady Anne Lorenz. The famous oh, Anne Lorenz. I loved Anne. He's going to said, have I'm entering this garden. And she went and they judged on the Monday. So this was a Friday morning meeting. And by Monday, the judges were there. I spent that whole weekend working my off to get that garden looking beautiful yeah. on the Monday. Mm. It was a very tense time. And I thought, oh. And when they phoned me to decide one first prize, I mean, I was absolutely blown away and I'd never done this before in my life so so do you have a garden I'm not saying your own no. garden because I'm still we still yeah. find out about your garden do you have a garden that's in one there's six of the Johannesburg gardens no, my garden's not part of but I have designed one of them the one in Saxon World okay and I designed that garden probably close on 20 years ago and it is a formal garden in four rooms mm. or five rooms and each room has is totally different oh Sounds very interesting. So and they're all formal? Well, they're formal design with informal planting. Okay. So you've got a, the original the original house. It's two houses. One house, sorry. And the owner bought this house, and he bought the empty pro property next door. And mm -hmm. there were two levels. So I joined the two together. But I left the one higher than the other, so you go up to the second property. And we left a big piece of lawn because they thought there'd been cars off the road to park there, and that never happened. Mm. But I also did a croquet lawn with a little fence all the way around, a little high fence in the hedge that you close off the pathway so that you can play croquet without the ball leaving and going into the beds. Then you go into a woodland. 
Then you go into an enclosed pool area with hedges, and then you come through an Eugenia tunnel, mm. back onto another lawn with a rose garden, and then I've done 25 viburnums pleached, all their heads are pleached above, and you walk under the pleach in a, in a checkerboard. And then there's the family house side, which is, again, just... It's very pretty, and it's got a lot of hedges and a lot of trimming, but there's a lot of bold stuff around. You know, it's very... It's, it's that old already. That is the problem with a formal garden. There's a lot of maintenance that needs to be done to be keeping it. Well, not if you get the informal planting. Once you get it to its stage mm. that you want it in, I mean, you don't cut those hedges all the time. You're cutting them every second or third month, mm. you know. Mm. And then you do a one-off, one-day cut, and that's it. Cause some hedges grow quicker than others, and winter t- you don't cut. And I also have three different lawns in there. So I've got three different lawn mowers. <laughs> because you know what happens with lawn. Yes. It carries seed to the other. So I've got a fine lawn, I've got a kikui lawn, and I've got a a very fine Bermuda, very, very, the, the, what we used, it's not a scarplass, it's a Bermuda lawn, mm. the croquet lawn, like a bowling green. <laughs> so the weeding like the and work. the weeds get yeah, a little bit hectic imagine, because yeah. they live opposite the zoo. So I'm afraid the birds are quite busy around Very there. prolific, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there are six gardens um, in Johannesburg, different locations. And then the chair lady of the garden club, her garden is entered and she's in Craig Hall. Okay. I, I did that. Also terrace that. I helped her with that garden. So there's Parkhurst as well as Craigle Park, Parktown North. Yes. in there. Well, yours in Saxonwold and one in Westcliff. But where does it, where do we find out about it? Where does it start? You can start at any one of them. And it's for the whole weekend. You should buy a ticket, which mm-hmm. covers all of the gardens. I think it's two hundred rand mm-hmm. for for the t- and, you, and that allows you to get into all five gardens, or six gardens. And at each garden, they'll be selling something different. There'll be different plants sold. There's clematis being sold at one, and new leaf are selling a whole of stuff there and stuff there. And they're dividing all this up. Their books and this one and and certain plants and that one. So it's quite fun. So it encourages you. To go through the whole lot and see them all. Michael, are you up for a bit of garden hopping I'm next weekend? I'm up for it. And, and what's interesting about that is uh, I guess some people have got the impression that it's a, sort of a guided thing. Whereas, do you find no. your own way around? So you it's a sort of a route way. that you can no, follow? you can you? follow. If, when you buy the ticket, you buy it through the chair lady, you buy it and she sends you a map. Okay. And you just could decide which one you start at. And then you look for geocaches in the area as well. Well, I'm up for it, and especially if they're selling things like clematis. Yeah, I'm just selling all sorts sorts of fun things. Well, that's the Janesburg Garden Club. It's always been looking for rare things and unusual things. And one of my paintings they're going to raffle. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like rolled her eyes here. (laughs) They haven't chosen it yet. I'm still waiting for it to come over. She better move on it today or tomorrow. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll we'll buy raffle tickets, won't we, Michael? (laughs) Oh, definitely. Okay, so as I know where you're going to hang it, though. So it's 200 rand uh, per person. Children mm-hmm. under 12 are free. It gets you into all six gardens, and that's on the Saturday, 16th, Sunday, the 17th, Correct. from 10 to 5. Um, and you can uh, email Prue, P-R-U-E, and you'll be able to hear her on um, the walkabout during the week this week, just before the weekend mm-hmm. as well. She's going to be talking about it further. Uh, Prue at JTE, which is, I uh, would imagine, Johannesburg mm-hmm. something or the other. jte.co.za or get on to johannesburggardenclub.coza and uh, you can get all the information there so lovely to are you going to be at the gardens are you going to be wandering around there Uh, I'll probably be back on the Sunday I'm Mm -hmm. off to the bush on Sunday for a week okay and you'll enjoy it <laughs> we will see you I'm sure you will find you in Saxonwald at your garden I'm sure Michael, if not me Lizette will be there because she maintains yeah. it yeah 
Okay, there we go. Shirley, thank you so much for coming. It's a in pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. And people get out there and go and see some of the amazing work that some of our top designers in the country are doing, including Shirley Wallington. Okay. <laughs> All right, Michael. Yes, I'm off to Meander. So put it in um, your diary. Yep. We're going next weekend. I'm going to Meander. I'm going to start practicing my Meander right now. So I'm off. And uh, until next time. Cheerio from my side, everyone. And from me as well. And uh, remember, just get outside, get into the garden, and above all, stay grounded. Bye-bye. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.